0: Welcome to the Nutrition Ingredients Podcast. I'm Shane Starling at Vita Foods 2014 in Geneva, Switzerland. Pleased to be joined joined by Dr. John Wilkinson, who's a uh, UK-based consultant and novel foods expert, European Union novel foods expert. Now, uh, John, the, you're um, you're telling me that there might be some changes uh, to the to the novel foods regulation. What, what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah. So basically, it's really exciting. Um, probably in the next couple of years, uh, if a company wants to import into Europe a new fruit and vegetable that's, you know, exotic fruits and vegetables that are not known, um, they will be able to uh, file a very simple dossier and within six months get approval for that, uh, that fruit um, or vegetable. And all they're going to need to do is show that it's safe in terms of GMP manufacturing. And secondly, to, sh- to give evidence of 25 years of history views in the country of origin. That is in stark difference to what's been happening up until now.
0: So the, the regulation works in, in that anything that's on the market before 1997 has to go through this, this rather yeah. laborious process.
1: Yes, so up until now it would have cost you 7 million euros approximately to file a new dossier on a fruit that's eaten widely elsewhere in the world and I took issue this uh, earlier on, in 2008 we filed to pay about fruit um, as an exotic fruit to test the water out in history views and uh, we got through on that basis and that was part of this process actually leading up to where we're coming now in 2016 when it's probably going to be passed. Uh, other people, United Nations also involved in and other people also contribute to this but it's going to mean that we're going to see loads of new and vegetables around. I mean, I think we're going to see a massive increase in innovation now in terms of biodiversity and availability of botanicals in Europe.
0: But if you got the Bayobab through, yeah. why does it need to change? You've already proved the system
1: works. Yeah, it's true. Um, you could just adopt that model. And in fact, that's what people come to me and they're doing that now. There actually, there's some good reasons for doing it now because it can keep it confidential. I think in 2016 or when it, around that time when it does come in it's probably going to be very open and everyone's going to be able to see things so you could do it now but the difference is um, that I suppose it's going to be an official uh, way of doing it in, in a few years' time. We did that and we also showed um, the safety of the constituents in the, in the products as well. We didn't have a 25-year cutoff, we just had to show history of use but I do want to say that this history of use is also going to become a very precise science actually. And it was a thorough job. It wasn't a couple of herbal medicine products and a few herbalists or, you know, a few sales vouchers. It was a very thorough, thick document, 100 page document, listing history of safe use of Bayab in Africa, for example. So there's still going to be some stuff to do. The other key, though, the other key issue is that there's a phrase in this new legislation that says, if there's any scientific anomalies, then they will stop the clock. And having done this now, many, many times gone through, the kind of things that are going to happen is somebody's not going to have enough history of use evidence. There may be a new phytochemical in there that nobody's ever heard of. And the regulators might say, look, we want that checked out. Or there may be some microbiological issues because maybe it's collected off the floor of a desert and there's detritus in there. Mm-hmm. These kind of things are going to happen. But So some will go through within six months, but others are going to get delayed. So uh,
0: what, what, are, we, are we going to be flooded with exotic? exotic
1: fruits and vegetables from Africa and Asia and Australia and wherever else? Yes, yes, I think we are. I mean, I was in Brazil recently, I gave a talk at Vita Foods South America, and out of interest, I, the day before I went into the supermarket, local supermarket, and just walked around, and I saw 20 different species which are not being traded in Europe, brand new. Um, I tried 10 different fruits, They're delicious. And it was quite frustrating actually, like this is not available in Europe. To give you some examples, this one's quite interesting. Cashew nuts, we know cashew nuts, right? The fruit is sold in Brazil, it's crushed and made into a juice. It tastes delicious. That would be considered a normal food at the moment in Europe. Okay. Uh, chuchu, uh as a vegetable, which is eaten out there, you don't have that. Jacob, Jacobutica is like a cherry, very similar to cherries in this country. Very in Europe, very different taste, really delicious. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You can talking about Africa, Australasia, yeah, wow. I think it's going to be really exciting. The only other thing is that if we want to then start making extracts from it, that's then going to be a different process.
0: So that, that would still need normal foods approval?
1: It's going to be a full application. And substantial equivalents, by the way, is supposed to be sidetracked. Yes, I think the name will be sidetracked, but come on, imagine it. You've got a cashew fruit juice and you want to make an extract. What's your application going to look like? You're going to base it on the safety of the consumption of the juice to begin with, and then you're going to add extra bits in because you concentrated it. In other words, we're going to see some substantial equivalent applications, but they won't be called that anymore. That's what we'll be doing.
0: Okay, looks like we're in it's set for a fruit and vegetable revolution. Yeah,
1: I think we are. It's going to be a really exciting time.
0: Well, thanks for sharing those insights, John. And uh...
1: thank you very much.
0: No problem at all, Shane Starling for Nutri-ingredients at VitaFoods 2014.